I'm chatting now with Jeff Dalglish and Adele Haller, and they have agreed to give us a little bit of a sneak preview of a talk they're going to be giving for the Mountain Club this Friday. They'll give some of the details of the talk a little bit later on. Uh, but welcome to the show, Jeff. You are uh, an, an ex-petrol head. <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> and you, you found your, your way many years ago to Findhorn and you are now rooted in, in living at one with nature and uh, the focus on sustainability. Adele, you, you have been to Findhorn, so it's great to get your, your, your experiences Jeff, mm. Jeff, do you want to kick off? Perhaps. Yes, sure. So we'll be we'll be chatting to members of the Mountain Club. In fact, anybody who wants to be at the talk uh, at the Mountain Club of South Africa, 97 Hatfield Road, and it'll be at 8:30 on Friday evening. And there's a tremendous interest in Cape Town. The whole idea of maybe there's a different way of living. Mm. A lot of people are looking at the idea of possibly creating a local eco-village. And uh, so there's, there's interest in just exploring different ways of doing things. And Adele, I'm sure for you, um, there's a big difference between knowing about Findhorn. Many of us know about the, 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 the harmonious, the, the idea of living in a village and being harmonious not only with the people, but in harmony with your environment and with nature. What was it like to, for you to be there? Well, it it was when Jeff first went there. He was going on about this fantastic place, and I thought, you know, it's full of hippies and lentil eaters and things. And anyway, finally, I went there, and and he was actually right. It is a lovely place, and it presents it, it's a completely different way of living, mm. where you can integrate into your daily life the kind of things that we leave for the moments when you when you're looking at a sunset or you're having some downtime. At Trindhorn, all those moments when you're kind of conscious of nature and spirit and all those things, those are woven into daily life there, um, which, which is the most in- incredible thing, that there is another way to live, which is far more harmonious and peaceful and and really attractive. And it, it, it is, I suppose, um, an expression of... Um, a heightened consciousness, I suppose. Would you would you agree with that? I've I found because you're focusing on your life directly, and mm. and everything you're doing is exactly what's in front of you. You're not worrying about work or kind of things that aren't integral to your being. Um, you're focusing much more on yourself and on others and the development of spirit. So everything is slightly accelerated. So. You know, in in our normal busy life, you might have these insights every now and again, and you think, oh, that's, you know, I understand that about myself, or mm. I understand that about the world. But kind of at Findon, it's all accelerated because it's all around you. Mm. So it's the sort of self-understanding and understanding about humans and the world is so much more accelerated and, and so much more clear. I found there was a lot more clarity while you're there because it's all so immediate. Mm. There's not this sort of extraneous external stuff of life Mm. and jobs and Mm. supermarkets and that sort of thing. Mm. Jeff, you've been a long-time resident there. I'm sure it's not a new question for people to say, how come we don't have this in South Africa? Why do people have to go to Scotland? (laughs) That is a good question. And 
Hopefully, in time, there will be more communities, you know, with some of the essence of Findhorn. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. But I think it, one of the things that I really enjoy is that, you know, you don't find people charging into a meeting, talking on their cell phone, and not really being aware of what's going around them in, in the circle. And there, people would tend to stop, switch off their devices, although there is a lot of technology there as well, and they will first check in. How's everybody doing? You mm. know, and mm. quite often you might find, for example, a woman might say, well, actually, it's my moon time, and I'm feeling pretty awful today, and you know, not feeling my best. And there's a lot more sympathy and support because you know how everybody's doing in the group. And, you know, maybe they had an argument with their partner or something the night before. And it's quite helpful to know where they were at at that, that moment in time. And then, of course, there's this whole idea that you, you give your full attention to what's happening around you, to the people around you, to the task at hand. And there's this idea that uh, work should be love in action. So, you know, you give it 100% and mm. you... You enjoy it. And, you know, one of the sayings I've heard there is, if it's not fun, it's not sustainable. And, you know, that resonates with me. I like the idea that, yeah, everything should be fun. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you you talk about uh, checking in with people. For me, uh, what I sense of Findhorn is it's it's really about connection. So you you're connecting first with yourself, then with people. You you you're having a sense of yourself as a place in the universe, um, and you have to connect with that. You can't just uh, use it. You've got to be part of a cycle of it, um, and it's about living a philosophy rather than preaching a philosophy. And also being part of a system that, you know, you, you, as you were saying, you're exploring yourself, you're exploring other people around you, but you're also exploring your, your place in the universe and the environment and in nature mm-hmm. and how everything fits together and everything feeds off each other. You know, you, 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 we, we can't survive on our own. We also can't survive um, without paying attention to what we're doing in nature. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's that consciousness of, of the whole cycle and your part in the, the part, the role you play in this huge system of people and earth and nature, that becomes very clear. Mm. Um, Jeff, back to you. You you laughed me off when I said, "How come there isn't something in South Africa? How difficult would it be to set something up?" I mean, I know Fintorn's been going for many years. Uh, but well, a lot of people are really keen and they are looking at this at the moment. Some mm. of them have been to Fintorn. Mm. Hopefully some of them will be at the talk on Friday night. Mm. And uh, they've been exploring the idea for a while, you know, having meetings, discussions, trying to work out, you know, what is it we as a group would really like to create. Mm. And it won't necessarily be a Finthorn, but it'll possibly have some of the, you know, the elements that uh, make Finthorn successful. And there have been many communities that have, you know, collapsed various reasons but there have also been a huge number over the last few years that have uh, started and are actually thriving. Um, there's, a, there's an organization called the Global Eco Village Network and that started 21 years ago at Sindorn and there are now more than 10,000 members in more than 100 countries around the world. So it's taking off, you know, it's, it's possibly not quite mainstream yet, mm. but it is happening, you know, and there are a lot of people who feel, you know, there's another way of doing things, and they mm. are willing to explore all the possibilities. Mm. Mm. 
And so what can people look forward to, uh, the talk you're going to give on Friday? I think uh, ways in which uh, people can engage with each other in a way that is friendlier and kinder and, you know, if conflicts arise, um, I think Findle is very good at resolving these. You know, they've developed the tools to to basically uh, get on well together. And being a, a small community, in a very closely knit community, you are a little bit on top of each other at times. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's quite useful to, to find ways in which you can really uh, coexist and support each other. And, yeah, that's something that happens there all the time. And I think they do it really well. It's a very sort of heart-opening space. You know, there's a lot of... There's really a lot of kindness. I think that's one of the things I notice. And mm. When I leave there and I go elsewhere in the world, it feels like the world's got some rough edges, you know, mm. compared mm. to what I'm used to in the community. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot we can learn from Sinthorn. And it's an experiment as well, but it, it does seem to be working rather well. And do you think the longe- longevity, sorry, um, I'll come back to you. Uh, is, do you think it's about the fact that you are able to res- resolve what is inevitable when you've got a whole lot of people living on top of each other? Yeah, I think I think that is part of it. And, you know, I think there's some common threads. It's uh, the idea that people want to live in harmony with the earth and they want to have a, perhaps a lighter carbon footprint. Um there's this idea as well that um, you need to look to your inner wisdom. And, you know, there's no religious dogma, but everyone is kind of encouraged to, you know, give yourself a bit of quiet time, go within, and, you know, see what wisdoms you find there. Mm. And, you know, the understanding that everybody has that kind of inner wisdom, whatever you might call it. Mm. Adele, you were going to say? Um, I was going to say, you mentioned longevity, and mm. one of the things that we all look at in the talk on Friday is the is kind of the story of how Findorn developed, because it started in 1963, but quite unintentionally. It didn't start with with the idea of being an eco-village or, or being the spiritual sort of center or center of learning that it is now. It started by, it was started by three people who were actually, they were, they'd been fired from their jobs, and they were they were stuck. They had no jobs, mm. they had no money, so they started a garden to to try and to, to feed themselves. And the garden grew because of the intentions that they were bringing to it, which which start, people started paying attention to this garden because they were growing stuff in this land that could not support what they were growing. So clearly there was this there was this X factor of stuff that was happening in this mm. garden. And and slowly people were drawn to this place and it gradually evolved into this eco village that it is now. So it's quite an interesting story. It didn't you know, it started by accident. It didn't start mm. as the mm. place that it has become. And a lot of people are finding themselves in that very same situation right now. Um, often you're a little bit older and you, you're you at a, at a sort of crossroads in your life. And um, I think more and more people are open and ready to alternative ways of living. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so, it's such a, a lovely thing to know actually there is another way to do this. You're not, we're not, we, we actually aren't trapped or don't need to be trapped in this kind of treadmill. There's, there's another very sustainable way of, of being. Mm, mm. Um, and it's just a leap. There's, there's probably something like 3,000 people a year 
You actually visit and they do a workshop which could be a week or longer. It could be a week, it could be a month. But people from all over the world, from all walks of life, <clears throat> and I think the common thread is just people asking questions about, you know, is there perhaps another way of doing this? Mm-hmm. And I think the interest is probably greater than it's ever been. You know, in recent times we've had people like CNN International, there, CNBC Television, and, you know, quite mainstream uh, TV programs looking at, at the Fintorn experiment and model and, you know, seeing what can we take from that. Mm, it's, it's certainly a model that I, and, and a place I've always been drawn to. I've just never got there. So I'm hoping that uh, so, something will be set up on my doorstep so I don't have ah, to. Well. <laughs> well, maybe you need to pay a visit in any case, but I think something will happen on your de- doorstep quite soon, mm, judging mm. by the level of interest that's, uh, that's been around probably for about two to three years now. Mm. And I think alternative energies are certainly very much, as you say, more mainstream now. And I think people are waking up to the fact that we can't just keep denuding our planet. And it's not just about um, alternative energies, as you say. It's it's about kindness. It's about a way of being as well. Mm. That's it. You know, there's, sometimes it's been suggested maybe Finhorn's not even a geographic place, but mm. it's a state of consciousness, which mm. I think you were hinting at earlier. And so, so there's an element of that. And even walking the Camino in Spain, mm. uh, I've heard people say, wow, that's like a moving Findhorn because it was kind of a common purpose mm. and a real bond between all these walking programs. Mm. And certainly um, I've noted that, that a lot of people from South Africa are, are going to Camino. And I'm thinking, how is it in our wonderful country of South Africa we don't have a South African Camino? And I, and I think it really is opposite that you're doing this talk in the in the Mountain Club because um, there is a huge, huge upswing of people who are, are needing to do some sort of pilgrimage, for want of a better word. Yes. Now, I believe you're absolutely right there. And uh, interestingly enough, South Africans form quite a significant part of the Sundhorn community. You know, if you look at the, the nationalities there, you know, Brits are the biggest group, and Germans, Dutch and Americans.